Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Jobs Blow podcast with Brianna and Josh. The podcast for dreamers with day jobs. Yo, we are back for another episode here at Comic Strip Live in New York City. We got an awesome guest today. I'm super excited to be here. Super excited to see you. Obviously, because I feel much better. Yeah, because you look like a normal shade of human skin. How'd your husband look? (laughs) (laughs) He can't get over the name of him. Why do we do this? Why do we do this podcast, Brianna? Well, it was born out of our day job frustrations, but we're here to inspire people who are chasing their dreams. I love it. As I we love chase it. our own. Oh, I'm chasing it. Chasing are it. Are you chasing? I feel I good today. It's good. It's spring. We got great things going on. How are you? I'm good. Good? Yeah, no. I had a good weekend. I Tell saw. Me. I saw Avengers, and now that spoilers have been lifted, have you seen? Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. Okay, so we. I guess we can't talk about it. I don't it. really care about that movie. Uh, okay. <laughs> well, but um, I cried a lot in that movie. I, I mean, too. Yes, I know you had mentioned that. Oh so. And then Spider-Man trailer came out. There's just so much going on. I know. It's marvelous. I know. And you're wearing, I love this shirt, by the way, the shoulder cutout shirt thing that you wear. Or I that dre- ladies I, are wearing. It's very popular now. I dress now. for you. I, we, I, you we, do we dress for me. And I really this. appreciate that. I wish guys had something like that. Just show off the shoulders. I don't need to show off the full try. Just the shoulder. Yeah, but I think work. you might. There might be hair up there, and nobody there wants to hair. see that. You're right. Nobody wants I to see hairy, hairy shoulders. I had a good week too. Thanks for asking. Uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get to it. But Josh, how was your week? Oh my god, it was so great. I've been spending a lot of time with my little guy, and he's just like talking so much. I had an interesting thing happen at work this week at my at the show that I'm in. You know, sometimes you have like butt heads with people, or there's like tension, and you don't know how to deal with it. And uh, he can kind of be like a big, you know just like a like a dick you know mm-hmm. but like in a passive aggressive way so i went out on stage and um i just like threw some one liners at him just like to kind of break him down a little bit and he like was hysterical texting me all night thank you so much i was like did i just like totally enter the twilight zone of like how to did make you up? handle a relationship yeah like a responsible adult yeah that's what i yeah it was a responsible adult handling i could have been like a little bitch about it i'm glad i wasn't but uh that, that's what happened that was my big news well, for the week that's big i news. love you bro out there okay so we have let's get to the guest because we have an awesome guest this week and we still like normal cannot agree on a title what did you want the title to be i don't know i have a couple i had a couple give me the uh, one the one we talked about before which one the one about full circle oh well full circle full circle is a great one i like something like going over and above in new york undercover with a working actor but that's a really long it's long it's long but that's who he is was that that even a title i thought that was a fucking monologue A uh, decision has been made. <laughs> I love when the guests take my side. <laughs> well, let's do that. Let's introduce our guest. Um, you know him. He is a an actor in, in uh, Hollywood for decades now. He's been on New York Undercover. Uh, he was on The Last OG, Empire, Alphas, Designated Survivor, Arrested Development, Bull, his famous film, Cool Runnings, that we all love, Copland, which I love, I want to talk about, and now... Back again, full circle to New York Undercover, ladies and gentlemen, Malik Yoba. Woo! Well, and woo, woo, woo. and I've, Josh, <laughs> you you know Malik from I do I from some years ago. Uh, Malik was involved with something called the IFNY. Not involved. Let's get it right. Brother. Okay, Malik uh, was the um, creative mind behind co-creator and 
uh, and inspiration producer, what, producer and, and owner host host and, <laughs> and and mentor right see it's very different than just being involved with this is important for your listener to understand the level of involvement, sir. I agree. You I wouldn't just so. say you're involved with your wife, man. You're right. putting in the work. It Woo! was. Um, That's what he calls it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, work. Hi, how are you, work? Uh, can you? What's for dinner? Um, yeah, all of it. Uh, creator and 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 motivator. Co-creator. And because Atticus, Atticus, yeah. uh, Atticus, Attica, Attica, Terrence was my partner on that. Yeah. Yeah. And it was actually, I felt the team atmosphere from the beginning. They were very. Um, just helping us collaborate and come up with these ideas. What it was was a monologue competition at first. Uh, I was one of the first contestants. He it was, was genius. Thank you. He won. Um, I won the battle of the, right. the best. I, yeah. I lost the first yeah. one. But that was, in my mind, you won. Yeah, was, I was like, Isn't battle of the best the yeah, one you want to like, win? You know, the, the audience so. judge. I was like, they don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> this guy, he won. Thanks. They, uh, it was a great. It was an opportunity to really just uh, open up, you know, my creative juices, and uh, we did monologues and characters and accents, and it was just so much fun. And then I did it again. I did it two or three times, yeah. I think. And Malik was, was there, very, so very. that's how we met. Yeah, you got a chance to, uh, you know, sometimes the audience would throw out an idea, like, and and he'd have to like take whatever he came with and work with it and Malik you gotta get up on that microphone yeah, yeah. man listen my voice carries <laughs> I like I like your voice listen, it's you're gonna find it you're gonna hear it you know you hear it over here you I wouldn't want him it. to miss any of it's it it's called projection baby <laughs> you know that's what I do especially when he's talking about my skills well I feel like this has turned into being a, a show about Josh and as much as I love hearing about Josh I think we need to get back to, to the Malik story well I was really it was really a, it was a good segue it was a good segue I it was so. a good Josh was great in it so Anyway, what Josh would do with no, okay. <laughs> no, but we did get, have a good time, and it really allowed me to also believe in myself that I could ah, do these things. You know so. what? Uh, that's important because that's exactly why we did it. Yeah. So it was called the Working Actor Monologue Slam, um, and it was essentially a dream of Attica's. He, that wasn't his title. Speaking of titles, long ass monologues as titles. That was <laughs> my genius idea. But um, Attica and I met on a film. He directed me in a movie in 2005, and around 2008, he said, hey, man, I have this idea. I want to do this kind of actor competition, kind of like, you know, American Idol. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll work with you. So we put it together. We would host them down at Long Island University at the at the Cumble Theater. Theater. Yeah. And um, it was an opportunity uh, to create um, uh, a platform for actors to be seen. And at the time... Well, soon after, maybe a year after we started, um, I booked the show Alphas, and that was a universal cable television show. Right. Um, and they had um, a diversity and inclusion initiative. And uh, so we worked with them. They, in part, funded some of it. Um, and it was a way to try to get actors seen by uh, the powers that be and, mm-hmm. and create a pipeline. And at the same time, we also taught a class called The Working Actor, which is all about right. promoting the idea. If you are creative, um, and you and creative creativity comes in all forms, uh, particularly for those artists, artistic type folks who want to do the more traditional, quote-unquote, creative arts, right? Dancing, singing, acting, music, what have you. Mm-hmm. That you are the CEO of You Incorporated. And so... You know, you're always working. 
and get out of the mindset like I'm just waiting on a job, I'm between jobs. No, like right. you have an opportunity and responsibility to do something every day. And so I'm glad that you said it really made you believe in yourself because honestly, I thought I think you're a genius talent and, and one of the reasons why I wanted to do the show is because I was happy to know that when I met you, you weren't doing this. Mm-hmm. And so therefore you created something and it was important to me to support your new creation. Thanks, so, Malik. See, I now it's about that. Josh. It's all about Josh. <laughs> <laughs> but it is an interesting point that, that you made because that was probably around, that was like 2009. Mm-hmm. And, and even though I had been performing for many years before that, it was the first time, like he said, that I started treating everything I did as a business. Like, you know, me as the business. Every decision, every everything I did had to be contributing to my company as as me and it helped me think that way you know and obviously being speaking of which why don't you guys shoot these things shoot like video um, yeah, yeah i asked josh about oh don't that. throw that right. on me yeah. we, we could have brought the pod tried we, we should be recording this filming this because then you create more content yeah bro. i know and this is easier to sell i think it's great visual. that i'm going to start filming this now after he mentions <laughs> that and just be like oh we messed up Let in me the beginning. No, that's not what i'm talking about well, see you video, frame it up video. On no man no bro you want to get yeah, a shot and get some... this is how we're going to do this i'm going to help you out oh there right. is a Ooh, tripod here there's a tripod there watch what i do for you bro oh my gosh well this the show's going off the rails no <laughs> well, what i'm doing it describe let's see how good you are describe what's going on so malik is now um Make, raising the tripod um, and leaning it against the wall slash This window. is turning into a different kind of fun. Um, oh, there it is. Wow, look at Malik is freaking... Do we, do we have to add his name? how are we going to talk? Are we just going to talk? No, this is still going to... Hey, no, you don't have to look at that. You don't have to relate to that. Now no. you, you have something. You've actually... You have something. Don't worry about the lighting. Don't start being a fucking grip. I mean, a fucking gaffer all of a sudden because I set your phone up so we can record. Now, you guys just want to see yourself. I do now. Oh, wait, no. wait, wait you got to call. No. Now. <laughs> Who the fuck is calling? Wait, give me don't the phone. No, don't no, answer it. Yeah, nah, do that. Wait, no, put on airplane mode. Put on airplane mode. I'll put on airplane mode. We're recording. We're literally on the fly recording the show right now with the help of cinematographer Malik Yoba here. Why do I feel like Malik is making us look very, very amateur? But you know what, though? That's part of the that's part of our journey here, you know? It's not amateur. Let's look at it for what it is. What it no, is you're a director producer and you're I'm directing Mr. Make it fucking happen. That's who the fuck right. who I am. Oh my gosh, there it is. Listen, I went to junior high school right down the block from where, where I worked. I worked at Wagner. Look at that. See? No, look not at, at the same time though, but That's not a bad and you can see? Now you have it. Uh, well, thank you. You want to get him in it a little? No, nah, I, I, I'll, I'll occasionally. I know how to do it when the camera's over my shoulder. Okay. It's a three shot, bro. Look, yeah, I got it's you. It's dirty over, sort of. <laughs> if I turn, no, dirty over. If I turn this way, it becomes dirty over. A little bit of me, more of you. I turn this way, then we have everybody up in the house. <laughs> See that? Yeah. Well, for being HR professionals, we've lost complete control yes, of what's going on here. <laughs> <laughs> so you know what? It's a, it's a it's a it's a flaw of mine. That's um, all right. But it's also a Virgo trait. Oh, just like, take You know, take you the walk in a restaurant and you see the picture tilted and you correct oh, it. Or okay. I clean public bathrooms. Things that people don't know about me. You don't oh. clean. Stop. Listen. He's funny. <laughs> He's funny. I grew up with very, very strict parents. Now they would probably be called OCD. 
but I don't think they were. Wait, you but, walk into a public bathroom, use it, and then clean it? I don't understand. I was having this conversation today. I truly do not understand why people treat public bathrooms like garbage pails. Mm-hmm. Okay. And women often are worse than no, men. No, women's bathrooms are worse. If you go into worse. women's bathrooms, really? you, when there are no women in there and you need to use the bathroom and right. it's empty and use it. But um, in, in our defense... You know, you guys get to stand and just shoot. Like, there's a whole, like, trying to, you know, no, balance yourself. No, I miss it because yourself. none of y'all want to sit down yeah. because you think your coochies are going to get infected. <laughs> but they have stuff this for that. show is just all <laughs> over the place. It's a coochie show. What did you talk <laughs> to Malik you know, about today? You know, coochies. You know, no, no, but I, I just want to get back to how important this is to me. Like, okay. literally, particularly in airplanes, I do it all the time. If I walk into a bathroom and it's dirty, I will clean it before I use it. My mother always said, leave a place better than it was when you got there. Well, and you're so, definitely going to do that. Wait, do today. you do that? So is ba- it, was that just meant for like household type stuff? Or no, general? but it's just an instinct, bro. I, like, I, I don't want to walk into, I don't, I personally do not understand. If I walk into a restaurant, I've owned a restaurant. And, and, and in fact, the bathroom was something that I gave particular care for in terms of the design of it and making sure that um, uh, it was always well kept. And I think this comes from two two places. One is being raised a certain way. If I walked in the hallway in my building, there was a piece of paper on the floor. My father said, pick it up. Well, I didn't put it there. You live here. Pick it up. So I, f- I treat it no differently if I'm on an airplane or if I'm in the bathroom. I mean, I'm talking club. Not so much clubs because clubs can be crazy, but like lounge or a restaurant right. where it's maybe one ba- like one bathroom, not uh-huh. like a bathroom with a bunch of stalls and, you know, the mm-hmm. whole thing. But um, So when you go to your friends, do you walk into their – I've, like- I've not only – yes, I've, I've – yeah. I've done that. So like, if he comes to your house and your bathroom's cleaner when he leaves, it speaks you'll volumes know why. about and, and Sometimes, you know, people don't know what to do with that. They're like, like, damn, did you just... Yeah, like the soap dish with caked up soap. Wow, you really... I've, I'll really? clean that up. I, I, I was raised... We, you know, cleanliness is close to godliness, yeah. as we were told. And so for me, back to the public spaces, if I walk in... Um, I have to leave it better than it was when I when I got there, and I will wipe down the countertops, and I'll wipe the toilet. Obviously, grab extra towels and you wipe it down, and you leave it because I know that the person that comes in after me is going to feel better about their bathroom experience. Even if you just go in there to defecate, you're going to do it with a, a level of grace and respect <laughs> and dignity. So, and and it's a metaphor for why we're here today. It's the same reason. It's yeah, the same reason say, why like I started the working actor it. class. Yeah. It's the same. It's the same reason. It's, it's the, the lesson, same. The it's same. the same reason. Yeah. It's like if I pass through a space, I want to make sure that it's I've improved upon it, or at least left it in the condition that it was when I got there. And if it was, if and and if it's you know out of out of order, you know whether. I'm, I'm going to do something about it. I, I can't not. Like, I can't. You can't you help know. yourself. I can't. Even with a project. I can't use the bathroom even. and just sit there and go, this is a mess, and then get up and leave it like that. Wow. Even with a project. Even with a Sometimes, yeah. Script. I mean, no matter what I'm working Wait, on. Well, let, let, so let's t- go back to, and tell us what your job title is. And now I feel like you've got a ton of I'm them, the CEO you... of I Give a Fuck Incorporated. <laughs> 
All right. I like it. Um, and you, what was your what is your dream job? Are you are you in your dream job? Yes, I dream all the time, and I manifest all the time, and I'm constantly in a dream state, and I'm constantly in a manifesting manifest manifesting. State. I like that word better. Sorry, manifesting. Yeah. But I hear you. Yeah. It depends. Uh, if I was English, I might say manifesting. You know what I mean? <laughs> might change. Oh my god, like you that. could just talk to me all day. Nah. And actually, we should just have him do our jobs. Half all right, I'm gonna go, like guys. Buffalo or Midwest? <laughs> oh. What is it? What is it? Ohio. Ohio. And I've lived here. Do you know how long I've lived here? Long enough not to say half. 25 years. See? This is my. I I joke about that on here because I cannot get rid of it. Yeah. And the more I drink, when I drink, it's really bad. Drink up, drink up, drink up, drink. I missed it last week. She went out the night before and uh, came here hungover. Green. Green left in the middle of the podcast. I've had a couple of hungover nights recently. I'm really? For that shit. Yeah. yeah I'm I've been traveling, man, and partying all over the world, actually. Don't well, you find I'm... it like the combo is like the worst, the drinking and the traveling? It just beats yeah, you up. Yeah, but it's like, you know, life, man. Living. Wait. So, <laughs> yes. back to... I, I want to ask you about um, the job that you had that blew, that was the worst it, it, now, yeah. it wouldn't have to be a yeah half oh. it wouldn't have to be <laughs> <laughs> have. have no have have no have like, gotta be. throw it on your like shoulder shut up there up. a little bit like have shut up all right um so yes uh the worst job ever or, yeah. yeah or a situation so, no, no, i've only had one and it lasted one day we get um, that a lot we yeah. get that a lot yeah i walked out well i never came back so it was a sweatshop in really? Chelsea, Manhattan, right downtown. How old were you? I was about 17, and I answered an ad. I just needed a job. I was in high school. And um, it was, uh, I don't even, I think it said, like, come manufacture costume jewelry. And at the time, I was making, um, I used to make leather bags, like knapsacks. And really? I was practicing Buddhist, and I used to make little, little leather cases for the beads and the little sutra book and, and, and like, duffel, not duffel bags, but knapsacks. And sell them on the street, and, or the Buddhist stuff. I would sell to other Buddhists, but um, and so I, it was costume jewelry. And I went, and it was a bunch of old Spanish women <laughs> in a tight uh, one room with a bunch of like they gave me a hot glue gun and some cheap jewelry, and I think I got paid like two dollars an hour. Oh my it was god, some crazy, Jeez. and I just felt so sad for these women, and. Um, you know, I, I mean, I was literally like, I don't know, 15 old ladies and me, a 17-year-old black That's kid. crazy. And I was like, I can't believe this dude is paying these people this. And I just never went back. I didn't even try to get paid whatever the $10 I made for the day. Unbelievable. So, but yeah, pretty much I've I've had an opportunity to um, kind of work on stuff I want to work on ever since I was a kid, whatever yeah. it was. Like, I want to work in a clothing store. I want to sell ICs. I want to be a bicycle messenger. I want to be a... You did all those things? All those, yeah, yeah. I was a bike messenger in high, in, when I was... I did, it's crazy because I, I look back. My daughter, my middle child is 18. Mm-hmm. And this summer she said to me, Dad, I can't believe all the things you did when you were my age because it's crazy. I'm like, oh, I was 17, 18 when I did this. Right. But yeah, I was a bike messenger. Um, Did you love those? those I love being a bike messenger. Yeah. yeah, that was a choice. It was a it was a cool way to make some good money. It was it was the money. Right. It was like bike messengers in in the eighties. You know, you worked a couple of days. You know, full days, and you might make I don't know what it was like four hundred dollars, three hundred, whatever it was. It was like more than I would make doing 
Plus, it's physical. Yeah. You're outside. Mm-hmm. I was on a bike, yeah, riding yeah. around. So, uh, Frozade ICs on the street, Larry's Fresh Fruit ICs, <laughs> until it rained for a week straight. And then I had to get a, a job in a restaurant. Um, I, I worked at Cafe Luxembourg on the West oh, Upper yeah. side. Oh, wow. I worked there um, in the late 80s. Um, and, but I was I was fortunate because I always wanted to work with kids. And I got to do that um, pretty young. I started doing that at 17 as well. My yeah, first job in Harlem. Uh, tutoring. To, actually, I was 16. I started working with kids in that school program. Uh, tutoring. Um, like elementary school kids. And then playing little games with them. And then I taught theater in the summer during the day camp. Wow. Um, and then that job led to a job with City Kids Foundation. I started volunteering there when I was 19. They hired me when I was 20. I stayed there until I was 24. Wow. Um, and then I was 25 and then went off and started making movies. Were you, were you, did you have a lot of little kids around you growing up? Is that why you were drawn to that kind of work or? I was drawn to it because teachers didn't understand me back to my junior high school, which is literally Wagner. five blocks from here. <clears throat> um, I felt that, um, I, I knew there were teachers, especially when you're a young black male, um, if you're not in the loving care of people who understand who you are and what you represent in terms of, particularly in Africa, in America, mm-hmm. um, the, the lineage of slavery and what that meant and disenfranchisement and all those things. And, you know, young black boys are often targeted and labeled very young, right? They start mm-hmm. preparing j- prison f- cells f- by the, the numbers the graduation rates in middle school and attendance rates in middle school and they can calculate for that and so I had teacher that tried to put me in special ed at 10 years old because right. my parents separated and I was emotionally off kilter and so they thought that the, the thing is put this kid in special ed right I had a teacher who wrote put a, put a dunce cap on me Mr. Arias <laughs> and right here Wagner and um, he sat me in a corner. He, he took oak tag, made a cone, stapled it, sat me in the corner, put that on my head because he said, you talk too much in class. And uh, That makes you a dunce? Um, he thought he needed to make an example. But he was also that teacher that um, would tell us what we couldn't do, but he would do those same things, same like things. no eating right. in class. And then he'd pull out, literally, he'd put Kit Kats two Kit Kat <laughs> packs in his pocket. That was his thing. He'd pull them out and he'd eat them in class and tell us we couldn't eat in class. Right. So was um, it a very diverse school? Wagner at the time, yeah, definitely. Still, I've it, always gone to very diverse schools. Uh, I went to uh, 198 right there on 3rd Avenue, 96th Street. Yeah. It was elementary school. And then Wagner Junior High School. My, my mother specifically was very, very determined to make sure that we had those those experiences. But Wait, even back then you had to apply to those schools? I don't know how she did that's it. Crazy. I, yeah, because we lived in East Harlem. Just so, oh no, that's uh, I grew up on that might have even first. been zoned for that. Yeah. So, um, so Mr. Arias made a point of 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 calling me out. Cut to, I'm now 20, and I'm working for the City Kids Foundation, and I'm working in 13 high schools in New York through a private organization that's mm-hmm. working to reduce the dropout rate. Um, teachers like Mr. Arias made me hate school, but I love learning. They made me want to become an educator, actually. So coming out of high school, I wanted to study early childhood education and musical theater. Interesting. Um, 
And one day I'm doing a workshop at Manhattan Center for Science and Math, which is right on 116th and First Avenue, mm -hmm. on Pleasant Avenue. And I'm teaching teachers how to communicate better with students. And I have them standing in a big circle in the library of the school. And I noticed this one teacher. I'm like, damn, that dude looks familiar. Oh, shit. Oh, no. That's Mr. Arias. Shut up. Talk, see, full and circle. Said, full full circle. circle. All right, that's I the said, episode. Full circle. Mr. Arias, do you remember me? And he didn't, because now I'm 20. I'm no longer like a 12-year-old kid. Mm -hmm. Right. He should have made a dunce hand. And I told that story. And I said, you're part of the problem. I said, <laughs> Did you say this to him or the absolutely, group? Absolutely. To him in front of the group. Good for you. Good. I was like, you said I was a dunce. And this is how you treated me. And this is what you did. And this is how you used to tell us what not to do. And, and the reason why he looked familiar, and he even caught my attention, is because he was the one teacher that was being disruptive while I was facilitating this workshop. Look at that. And he's run, running his mouth, and I turn around and said, you're the same guy that didn't, you know, respect me as a kid, and you're doing it again. As so wait, was this after you called him out? Or this was, was all the same work? It was no, workshop. but I'm saying, had you already said, I know who you are, you this did this? This was in the workshop. No, I was... know, but I, I'm saying, like, after you said to him, you put the dunce hat, ba ba ba. Did you start teaching and he was interrupting? No, this oh. was beforehand. He noticed it as as because he was, oh. he was being disruptive. Okay. I'm okay. like, oh, who's the one making all the noise? Uh, oh, you. Yeah. Okay, you were. My that's great. That yeah. and that story has obviously stayed with you forever. I mean, was that a, a moment for you that said maybe I I have more? Well, to I do? came in dancing to a different drummer anyway. I came right. in with a certain sense of self that my father tried to beat it out of me. The teachers tried to like punish you, but I just knew that I was destined to do certain things. And the older you get, the more experiences you have, you recognize that what it is more than anything is personal belief. Mm -hmm. Well, that's yeah. why I argue the whole environment nature ver versus nurture. nurture. Because I think it's both, but I also think um, nature, you're, you are born with, I mean, where did you get that sense of... Well, I definitely was born with my My older sister likes to remind me that you just dance to your own drummer. No matter what our father said, you just didn't believe it. Like, I told you, I gave my teacher's monograph when I was 13. Right. I said, I'm going to be famous. You should keep this. Like, I believed it. And it wasn't, we grew up without television. My father refused to put TV in the house because he thought he called it idiot box. And you're not right. going to, I'm not going to let, he say, I'm not going to let white folks how to teach you how to think. Right. Because that's who's writing mm -hmm. television. And so he would put us in, in situations where we had to be creative. And, and critical in our thinking. And um, I felt that there was just something inside of me that just told me, like, you you know. I, and I bet, I bet most people who have, you hear a lot of times people say, oh, I had this success. I never imagined it. But I think a lot of well-known people and people who go on to do great things, the things great defined as the things that can impact many. Mm-hmm. Um, and become notable for that. There's always some sense that this life has meaning, mm -hmm. and I'm gonna do something. And then, if it's nurtured, you know, folks might come to it quicker. Were, um, were you a funny kid? Were you a? I thought I was hilarious. I'm still hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fucking hilarious, dude. And you gotta say <laughs> You've that you made us laugh. That's yeah. for sure. You have.
you know, because it's it's interesting, like to just tap into those like basic elements about yourself. I'm funny, or I, I'm a good storyteller. I want to teach. How do I how do I manifest that? And mm-hmm. you tried some things earlier. When did you start leaning into being a, wanting to be a performer or theater? Was theater something you wanted? That to was do? it from young. Four years old, I saw Alice in Wonderland. I was like, I want to do that. And so, and back to Wagner. We had a we had a drama club. Um, I don't know when this podcast will air or be released, but June twenty second is the next public showing of Harlem to Hollywood, which is my one man show, which tells all of this stuff in a very funny way. Where? I like at the Apollo. Yeah. Okay, this will air before then. Yeah, I um, I uh, I do about fifteen different characters and awesome. set in a therapist's office and. You know, so back to full circle because a lot of the inspiration for this actually started right in this neighborhood. The fact that it's in the therapist's office, all my Upper East Side, where we are, Jewish friends, they all had therapists in junior <laughs> high school. The shrinks, as they were called. Oh, no. Shrinks. When I moved here, I became friends with a Jewish girl, and she would call her on the phone and, like, talk outside of their appointments. Yeah. And I thought it was the most bizarre yeah. thing. This is oh. my therapy, by the way. Yeah, me yeah. too. With well, both good. of you. Good. Yeah, here. No. It's important. It's important to talk about your stuff. No, um, I agree. So yeah, that. But back to your question about the performance. Yeah, that we had a uh, drama club, and that school was also chosen to participate in the Metropolitan Opera Children's Theater Guild, where I got I auditioned for that and got into that when I was also thirteen. So yeah, it started young. Wow. Wow. So kind of moving us through that, you know, being no, a young person. I stay right here. Stay yeah. right here. I made um, you laugh. I told you I'm fucking You are <laughs> fucking <laughs> funny, all right? I'm, I'm just trying not. I'm not speaking now because I'm afraid I'm going to say a word that's going to well, get listen, me in trouble. No, I, w- I was going to say you could try my jokes, but yeah. you know, you'd be yeah. better before. I got booed off the stage at the Apollo. Did, I did you? I did try it. I got up there. I did about a minute you're, you're, and a half. You're really talented, man. Right. Fuck those people. No, but you know what? It was part of the experience for me. Every my right. parent, my mom came, my wife came. They were like, "What the fuck?" And they were like all pissed. But I was like, "You don't understand. It's like a. It was awesome. Like I was up there, <laughs> and the guy started booing, and I was like, "Stop it!" You know, and like they all got. And then people came up to me after. They were like, "You are. You were so funny. I really you liked are funny." It. Man. I was like, well, "Then why are you booing?" And you're really you know? talented. Like you know, you know, the character work he did at the monologue now was was genius. Come on, I did Coming to America. This mm-hmm. really is a, a therapy session for you, it Josh. It's making me feel good. I'm glad. So I want to I get into kind of like that progression for you, like getting getting uh, you know some early work and some early success. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, because uh, I know, uh, I don't know how, why I keep thinking Hollywood movie-wise, but movie-wise, the first big hit you had was Cool Runnings. Cool Runnings mm-hmm. And that got your name out there. And then the TV success was coming after that. So New York right Undercover. That, five months later. Right. So th- that was a great span. And then I don't know if it was great. It was kind of unusual. Uh, like the movie. Uh, Wait, sh- you didn't watch TV growing up, but did you watch movies? I did. We did go to the movies. I mean, you watch TV. You go to your friend's house, right, watch right. TV. But we didn't have one in the house. My father was determined. And you know, he finally got a TV when Roots came out. Really, nineteen seventy-seven. Yeah, yes. I was ten years old. I watched Roots. I would think he I bought, was five. He bought a television just so we could watch, watch Roots. Wow. Did you watch it? Of course, we oh, had yeah. to. We said, my father was the type of guy that not only did he allow us to watch that or take us to documentaries one at the time were obscure things like apartheid in South Africa right. at the Harlem State Office building or you know the treatment of women in China 
and when they used to have to bound the feet of the women mm-hmm. and, and oh, like I was in elementary school and you'd take us to see these things and we had to write um, reports about it for him yeah for him wow <laughs> yeah so like on top of whatever your schoolwork was I have to kid, say at the time you must have hated it but not such a bad thing that he did expose you he to always that. said you're gonna hate me as a kid but love you as an adult I still hate that mother no I'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> no um no, but him. he was exposing you to a world he that, was, you man. know, maybe he couldn't take you to these places and show you, but he yeah. was bringing it to you, and yeah. that is so And valuable. making us write about it. It's incredible. Yeah. No, so. that is. So everybody in my family turned out to be a writer. Really? Mm-hmm. Really? Of some sort. Like mm-hmm. what? Books? Journals? We've written everything. Wow. Journals, blogs, books, movies, TV, theater, web series, poems, songs. Wow. Wow. Is this is I own ticket? <laughs> oh, oh! <laughs> I'll be back here uh, <laughs> at the comic strip. <laughs> so, what about the one man show? Is that something that is a pinnacle for you? Is oh that my god, that's that it took thirteen years to write. Wow, started in two thousand four, collaborating with a uh, lovely man named Kevin Ramsey. Started writing the show in two thousand six. Did the first. Iteration of it in 2008 in Indiana at the Madam C.J. Walker Theater. Second one in 2016 at um, right here in Harlem, near where I grew up, Full Circle. It is. At PS109. I love that There's you keep giving my title. Like it's well, that's, that, that's the thing, man. My if people title. realized, well, yeah, I mean, we go back to Harlem Hollywood. So it did in 2008, 2016, 2017, did another residency. Uh, the end of 2018, did it at the August, a reading of it at the August Wilson Center in Pittsburgh. Oh, that's cool. Did it February 8th here at Apollo and doing it again um, uh, June. June 22nd. But the full iteration of the show is a cinematic theatrical experience. It's immersive. So I have all this footage that will be incorporated into it. And so you're playing multi- media, multimedia up there. We don't call it multimedia. We call it a cinematic theatrical experience, sir. There it is. Okay. Branding. So got when it. you got yeah. when you became interested in acting, yes. who did you who did you look up to? Like who were you like I just good actors, anybody good actors. In like anybody who took me there. And do you like, remember wow. watching someone and being like, "Wow"? It was more like I can do that. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna do that. That's what it was. Definitely more that. Like I remember so many projects I'd watch and go, "Oh, I'm, I'm I can definitely do that." Like. A lot of times, I would just feel like I was better than the people I was watching. Wow. To be honest with you, I was like, that's not how you do that. That's how you do that. This is how you do Like, literally, like, especially with accents and dialects, um, uh, yeah, I'd watch certain actors and go, nah. Or, like, for me, something like New York Undercover, to portray a young black kid, young cop from New York, there's a certain swag, there's a certain attitude. And I'd see other actors try to give you that New York. F- I'm like, nah, that's not, not it. it. This is it. Cool Runnings. This is it. This is. And Disney didn't let us go all the way, like, authentic, authentic Jamaican, right. in our opinion. Although many Jamaicans will debate, oh my God, it was perfect. Others would be like, no, you're so like a counterfeit. <laughs> <laughs> so, what was, I mean, uh, working with John Candy must have been, I mean. He was a nice man, a very sweet man. Did he yeah. play this one? I wonder if he, John Candy. I'm, John Candy died. 
No, but he, he's sure at some point he came through here. John maybe. Candy? Well, he did was he... really more of like an improv from oh. Canada. How do yeah. you know he didn't do anything at the comedy I don't show? know, but you I don't, don't know. That it... We know Josh he died. Josh is just like, I'm establishing he died. Did you know that it, the <laughs> anniversary, he died in 1994, I'm February out. of I'm, 1994, because I'm, I'm a freak about Because I don't think he was a stand-up. I think he was a lot of, with the stand-up and improv. He was a stand-up guy. I resent you saying he wasn't a stand-up guy. But they didn't do I think I just heard you say he wasn't a stand-up guy. No, well, stand-up comedy. Well, he was on that show in Canada with um, a yeah, bunch C- of uh, um, CTV, um, SCTV. SCTV. Right. Yes, yes. yes. Right. With all of them. I mean, uh, uh, oh my God, I do this all the time. I Forget know. the names. All of those guys. I know all all of them. Eugene, we'll just, Eugene Levy. Levy. Yeah. Which, by the way, Schitt's Creek is a hilarious show. He's is it? Is he is okay. so funny. He's but hysterical. anyway, I'm, I'm multitasking because I have a guest in the front. Yeah. Oh. Okay. oh cool. All right, next interview. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, so uh, yeah, we're saying playing those characters and and trying to play them authentically. And where do you, where does somebody? How do you how do you guide someone into finding that kind of confidence in themselves? I mean, you had it maybe a little bit. You you maybe developed it also a little bit. But mm-hmm. how do you how do you tell someone? Listen, you have that in you. How do you get it out of you? People? Just try to encourage it. Just try to you know, you know, the thing I'm on the most um, these days in terms of public speaking. I'm speaking on Youth Summit. John Jay here on Saturday. I do a lot of that. I was just in Tampa, uh, West Palm doing one. Um, I was just speaking for a bunch of formerly incarcerated individuals that came out uh, due to their being a release based on DNA DNA evidence that right. I've done through the Innocence right, right, Project. Right. Um, and so whether it's formerly incarcerated adults, whether it's middle school kids, high school, college, I think the biggest lie that human beings have been told is that abundance isn't, that the world is not abundant. That opportunity is the providence of a few. And and you're a woman. There are things that are very real, right? Glass ceilings, um, what have you. But there's still a woman running some shit somewhere. Mm -hmm. Whether it's a country like Angela Merkel or we won't talk about Miss May in London. Um, no, she's had but, <laughs> the woman. The woman in New Zealand who yeah was New like, Zealand guns, right bye. right. Um, yeah, I look at Madam C J Walker. Right, you know, in the early 1900s, you know, as a black woman or uh, 19th century, you know, became the first black built a millionaire from hair care products when everyone told you no, mm-hmm. right? And the one thing that's consistent is the belief, like. No matter what, this is what I see. This is what I'm going to do. I don't care what you say. I don't care what my mama says. I don't care what the president says. I don't care what white people say. I don't care what men say. I don't care what gay people say, what straight people say. This is what it is. This is what I'm focused on. This is what I'm going to manifest, no matter what. And so, for me, that's the, the one thing that I would tell people, no matter what the age group is, and and continue to reiterate that because my life is an example of that. Like, I'm not saying this just, this is the thing I read. No, I live it. You know, I was told that I was going to end up dead or in jail or I'm not going to, you know, you're a young black male, you should be, no, fuck that. This is what I'm doing. I'm developing real estate. How about that? I'm building buildings in New York. I'm, you know, I'm going to be an actor. I'm opening a restaurant. I'm starting a marketing company. I'm starting a record company. Can you hire Josh and I for something? <laughs> uh, why? You know, and this is true. So earlier before we got on, I said, you're going to become a very successful writer. Yeah. 
I wasn't just saying that to say it to you. It was something I felt in the moment that I said it. And, you know, I was looking at you and just thinking of all the writers that I know in Hollywood that are very successful that walk around looking exactly <laughs> like well, There are a lot of Jewish writers in well, Hollywood. I know. You know and to... this is exactly how they dress. This is exactly how they look. And I, and I looked at you today and said, why the fuck not? Yeah. you. I think you're really talented. Thanks. And let me ask you, how much self-doubt do you have? It's... uh. It's always there. It's, See, it's, it one ounce of doubt and you're out. Yeah, yeah. I will tell you. I will uh, tell oh, you. Josh has his new tag. One ounce tag. of doubt yeah. and you're out. I will tell you. Um, that is not something that state that that lives with me like that. I don't. You know, and, and I don't think about that. I don't think about. I can't, and I'm like, fuck that. I will. So Malika, I will, I will, and I must. I have to ask. So you had said before, Mm -hmm. when you go into a room, you want to leave it better than it was. Better than it was. Mm -hmm. So, what about the world? I feel like. Well, that's the room too. That's the room. It's the bathroom, you know, the bedroom, the house, the 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 building, the neighborhood, the town, the city, the state, the country, the world. You know, we. I mean, I mean, I feel like the stuff you're doing for young people is for a, young and old. Yeah, like I, I like so right now. One of the things that you know we're starting to do, uh, we're in pre-production on something called uh, "I Build New York," which is an initiative to 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 um, expose young people of color to the world of development, real estate development, and every opportunity in that ecosystem down to the manufacturing and design of furniture sales architecture all of it interior design sales engineering the finance all of it um growing up as a kid in the south bronx raised in harlem when harlem was burnt out in the 70s and 80s i used to walk around going one day i'm gonna be a billionaire so i could like build and i want to change this right i used to dream about this and I've literally been able to speak this into existence. And so I've been part of a development project in Baltimore for the last 12, 11 years. Um, there's some things that I have uh, that are in the works here in New York. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, I was sitting with my group, my chief of staff, Miss Leslie Ann Dunn here, and a couple other members of our team, talking about my desire to bring three of my passions together. Young people, working with young people, filmmaking and real estate development. And expressed this idea two days later, she sends me a deck that she put together based (laughs) on my thoughts, right? And I I pointed out to her, I said, you see what happened? I spoke it and you were inspired. You took it and you presented it back to me. That's the first, the second, well, the third really form of manifestation. The first is the thought the second is speaking it. The third, she handed me a physical document. That physical document then went to the people that listened to me with this dream. Some of them happened to be very successful developers. Um, and, you know, people like Scott Reckler of RxR Realty, you know, um, who's very successful. He does not look like me. He is white male. <laughs> and I go to Scott, who's a friend and a mentor and I tell him, you know, this is what I'm working on and this is what I want to do and he goes, I'll fund it. Unbelievable. And, you know, um, 
he says, you know, do you have any projects you want to, to build as well? Like, because we can do the content. Um, so we're in pre-production right now on I Build New York. And that's the title she gave, Leslie Ann gave to it. Nice. Um, and so that's an, one example of many of this is what I'm going to do. And you do it. And you speak it, and you believe it, and you keep believing it, and you keep saying it. And so, you know, I used to, I used to think that I, I've been the middle person in that sometimes, where someone will present an idea, and be like, ah, it's just this idea, and then I'm obsessed with it, mm-hmm. and I have to do something with. You know, I see it, I mm-hmm. see like exactly what this is supposed to look like. So I'll go out and I'll put it together, or write mm-hmm. it, or something, and people. It's like I have to do it. I can't not do it or else, um, you know, like it's going to uh, consume me otherwise. And sometimes I think, oh, it's a waste of time. But other times I'm like, no, you know what? It just like, takes that one time that it's It just takes not. that one time that it's not. And even still, if it's not, like I have to do this even for that person. Like if that person says that I give it to you here, you do. This, I just did this middle part that you couldn't get over. Right. And you couldn't start. And I gave it to you. Right. And if you want to do something with it, I'll go on that journey with you. But otherwise, I just have to do this you know so i guess it's not a waste of time <laughs> it is something that it helps you no, be inspired yeah, just, inspire just keep moving i mean be, you know just keep moving just keep moving hey everybody thank you for tuning in to the jobs blow podcast with brianna and josh that was part one of full circle with malik yoba and as you can tell the conversation's going awesomely however it did run long so we cut it in half because we respect your time so be sure to check out Part two of Full Circle with actor Malik Yoba. I'm too fly for my suit and tie. And I'd rather die than work nine to five. And I'm too fly for my suit and tie. And I'd rather die than work nine to five. And that's why I don't want to go to work. I just want to chill and play. All day, looking better in the face and say, I wish I could just be still asleep while you work.